Hi, this is Miffer Griffin, Executive Assistant to CFA Deputy Director Ken McKee here in Central Office, and I'm an avid follower of the Field Days podcast. I'm celebrating my 29th anniversary today working for the Department of Corrections, and I'm very proud to say that I have the best job and boss in the MDOC. My job with the state has afforded me a lot of things over the years, and I am truly grateful. Enjoy this week's podcast, and go green, go white. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your two-time PACE award-winning hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by Chris Gouts, the wonderful spokesperson for the Department of Corrections. How are you, Chris? I'm doing well. So, finally, it's about time that Miffer Griffin opened up our podcast. And for those of you who don't know her, uh, she is awesome. She is the uh, Deputy Director, Ken McKee's Executive Assistant. She is a wonderful friend of the pod. You know, she listens to every every episode, I think. She's always talking about what we talk about, kind of, you know, rehashing each episode. So I know, I know, I think she actually listens to this. She's not lying to us. But thank you, Miffer, for opening up the podcast. We appreciate it. So, Chris, you know, I had an opportunity to go to, if you heard of these, these things from uh, the Department of OPT, the, the Office of Performance and Transformation. Yeah, I have. They have they, they call them talking reinventions or, or TR3s. So I had an opportunity to go to the last one, which was on, I think, the 14th of December. And they had a really, really dynamic speaker. His name was Kevin Ames. He talked about employee engagement, but he broke it down and was and, and made it very simple. Basically, he just said, to engage your employees, you just have to thank them and acknowledge their great work. And if you do that, you'll get more great work. So it was a very simple concept, and it was it was a great hour or so uh, speech, and uh, I think everybody who was there really enjoyed it. But more importantly, guess who else talked after him on a who panel? Who would that be, Greg? It would be the director, Director oh, Washington. That's right. That's right. Uh, was on stage to talk about employee engagement, what, what we're doing in the Department of Corrections. You know, it was it was great. She talked about the employee appreciation banquet. She talked about kind of the stuff that she is is doing for veterans around the department, and it was nice. It was nice. She, you know, every, everywhere we go, we hear her not only advocate, but really promote the great things going on that the staff are doing in the, in the department. So once again, she did that, and it was it was awesome to hear, you know, just how much she appreciates the, the work that staff do. All, all around, it was, a, it was a good presentation. Who else um, was speaking at that event? At the TR3? Yeah. I don't know. Who? Director Steidel from MDOT. Oh, yeah, well. I, you know where Director Steidel hails from. Uh, you better say Western Michigan University, I hope. Uh, no, he hails from Adrian. Oh, he does. So, oh. Yeah, he did a great job, Adrian too. Guy. Yeah, we they, had the same kindergarten teacher. Really? Yeah. Wow. How old are you? <laughs> Wait a minute. But no, he actually he did talk about some of the things that they do to recognize their staff um, is a clock, and, and the clock is made from, made at MSI. MSI, that's right. So um, everything ties back to the Department of Corrections, Chris, and it that's was very right. nice to hear that. And uh, so overall, that that talking reinvention was, in my opinion, was very very good. Um, good speaker. The director did an awesome job talking about our staff again. But while I was there, Chris, I know you were at an FOA event, right? That's right. I went to the uh, AR. By the way, it's about time. We actually go to an FOA event and not just uh, a CFA event. So thank you very much on behalf of all of FOA. I will go to any event where there's a free lunch. So uh, <laughs> thank you, ARU, for inviting me. Uh, but no, we had, a, we had a great time. Uh, Lieutenant Levins had a whole bunch of his staff there. That was one of our really bad snow days. And so we didn't get the whole crew there, but we had a, a large uh, contingent of them there. I'll tell you what, that guy can throw a good party, can he? Yeah, he, he throw, can. He throws a really good party. Good. Very good. It was a non-alcoholic event. It was a Christmas lunch. It was a Christmas lunch. Everybody was still working. I just want to make that clear when yeah. you say party. And, but no, it was it was a very good event. You could really see how well in tune he is with his with his uh, his guys uh, and women on that on that force. 
just how dedicated they are. They they talked about some of the successes of the year. They read a nice uh, letter from from a local uh, police chief, from one of the one of the guys from ARU who really helped uh, and and saved lives uh, by taking down uh, somebody who was an absconder who had a, had a weapon, and who was pointed at uh, at other and uh, other officers and ARU members. And so it was really nice to hear you know outside agencies you know recognize uh, the very dangerous and important work that the staff does. And so. Just really good, you know. Lieutenant Levins is a great boss. You can see how much he cares for his his team and a friend and of the pod, big friend of the pod. Yep. And I did you know, talk to him about some of the ideas that we have for next year that are going to include a ARU. So we want to do some more to promote them. And so he was very excited to hear that because uh, I think it's really important for people to hear what great things uh, that really go unspoken. I think uh, around that, that we they do every day that are just kind of done and, and we don't really realize how how much how safer we are as a state because of the things they do. So we want to make sure we promote that even more in the new year. Okay, Chris. Well, again, we appreciate you hanging out with some FOA people. It's good to get to know them. You know, last on our last episode, we had a department employee who's been around for 48 years, right? And that was, you, you called HR, and actually that was the longest-serving MDOC employee right now, right? That, that's right. But we have, a, we, have a, we have a close second? Is, uh, is, that what, is that what I'm hearing? I don't know if it's officially second, but it should well, we be. We can call it's it. It's going to be, I think so. On the podcast, we can well, say Unless you are right? the number two and you're listening, and then you're last upset year. about it. So, <laughs> But who we believe was, if not number two, uh, is, is very close up there. Uh, but, uh, but Manny uh, Araz from the... Uh, from MSI, who retired on Friday with 46 years of state service. It's amazing. He started uh, at the MDOC in 1987 as an accountant for MSI, and uh, he spent uh, more than 46 years with the state. He worked at DT, what is now DTMB, and also the Department of Treasury. So uh, they had a very nice reception for him uh, at, at the uh, end of last week. The director came and got to see him, and, and they had a really nice uh, welcome. They even had a sign for him, I think, like MSI might, nice. might, have, might have done for him. So. Well, he deserves it for sure, 46 years. That's, that's, uh, it's very I hope you would get a sign <laughs> when you left. I, I hope you would get a sign. Very, very impressive. We're, we're going to miss him. This is our first week, uh, for especially those who in, G, in GV. This will be the first uh, Monday, Tuesday, where, where they're not going to see Manny around. Yep. So it's going to hit that he's, that he's It no is hard to this. replace 46 years of, of uh, knowledge and service. So, yeah, thank you, Manny, for um, what you did for the department. And, in, and enjoy and, and relax in your retirement. So, Chris, moving on. You're always looking to spice the podcast up, aren't you? Which, which is which is nice. Um, is nice. So I know uh, this wasn't your idea, though. So don't don't try to claim this, this was your idea. <laughs> this was Kamara Lewis's idea, which I think is great. So why don't you tell everybody, Chris, about what they can do to get involved with the podcast? Sure. So so going forward in the new year, the thought was to have ads, sort of. But obviously, we're a nonprofit. We're a government agency. We can't uh, be accepting make checks payable to Chris Gallagher. Yeah, yeah we, we can't have ad revenue for for uh, promoting different products. But we can certainly promote our employees. So that's kind of what the podcast already is, is yep. a way to promote our employees and talk to our employees. But we know that every day there are things that go on in the department, in our field offices, uh, in, in the facilities or around central office. Uh, people that are doing really good things and their supervisors or their, maybe their co-workers would like to to mention them and, and thank them. And so just like we do with the openings uh, at the opening, at the, like with Miffer the, at the top of the podcast, where you can re, re, we want you to record uh, a little snippet, maybe 15, 20 seconds tops, and you can talk about something that one of your employers or one of your coworkers did really well that that was really important, uh, you know, that really helped out, and you can thank them, and that way they can hear uh, you talk about them and the great work they did, and then. Everybody in the whole state, everybody in the whole department can hear, uh, you know, you thanking them. So, say you're a supervisor and one of your agents 
just did a phenomenal job with a case. Maybe it saved somebody's life, or they, you know, did something above and beyond. Yeah, above and beyond. Just above and beyond. You can come on and say, "This is uh, Agent Straub, and this is Supervisor Straub." And I just really want to thank uh, Agent Gouts because without him, the whole world would have fell apart last week. Because you know he's such a great guy. Yes, that that would not happen. But (laughs) something similar to that. Something similar. Taking Gauss's name out of it, of course. Yes, but yeah, I I think you know what what another great opportunity to um, promote. The great people we have it's it's we're such a large department chris you know it's it's hard to do that all the time or at least get recognized outside of your area so if we can help do that i think this is a wonderful idea and i hope people take this serious and kind of um you know really want to promote the people that they work for or work with so um, this is a great opportunity to do to do that so send in your send in your you, well tell them how to do it i guess you, you can either do it like we do the opening on, on their phones and you can just email it to um, askmdoc at michigan.gov or we can read it for you if you don't yeah, if you're want not to do that, right? Technologically adverse, or you just don't want to have your voice uh, on there. You just, for whatever reason, uh, you don't want to have you be the one speaking it, uh, speaking the, the words. Email us what you want us to say, and then we will uh, record that for you and, and put it on there. So that we just want people to, to be recognized and, and to get that recognition. And so, however it happens, whether it's you saying it or if it's us saying it, the point is is that we, we've got really great employees, and they deserve to be recognized. Yeah, awesome stuff. So the, it's the holiday season, right? It's it's, it's Christmas time. It's the uh, it's New Year's time. So we have an interesting, unique podcast today. Where we have we're going to talk a little bit of holiday and we're going to talk a little bit of wrestling so we try to figure that out chris holiday and wrestling so let's get to the podcast today to figure out what, what all that means all right Greg. well so uh, before we go we want to introduce uh, holly kramer uh from the communications office who has who wants to talk about a special uh article she did for the our final uh, newsletter of the year that focuses on the honor guard and the 30th anniversary of the honor guard and uh, i don't know about you but i certainly learned a lot by reading this and i'm looking forward to uh, hearing sort of the audio version uh of some of the interviews and things that she's done to talk about uh, the, the wonderful group that we have here, the Honor Guard. 30 years ago, the Michigan Department of Corrections Honor Guard took shape in the wake of tragedy. In March 1987, a young corrections officer named Josephine McCallum was murdered by a prisoner. It had been over a decade since an officer was killed in the line of duty, and department leaders wanted to show the highest respect for her life and sacrifice. They tasked an inspector with military experience to create a unit that would represent the department during her service. Their presence was so moving that then-director Robert Brown Jr. determined a standing honor guard was needed. Since then, the honor guard has included nearly 100 members, provided support at hundreds of funerals, and represented the department at hundreds more ceremonies and parades. Its members take pride in what they do. It's just a tremendous privilege to be part of something that gets to serve in the way that we do. That's John Cordell. He's been the Honor Guard's commander for 10 years and said the unit has an important role. In a lot of ways, we're the professional public face of the department. We're really ambassadors to our department and to our state and to our employees wherever we go. I think we have to be that positive role model and representative for not only each other, but when we put that uniform on, that means something something very, very special. Parole board member Sonia Warchuk, a former Honor Guard commander, said the unit's members volunteer their time to attend funerals and other ceremonies. We were able to be that unit that went out there representing in the most positive way some of the most negative times and showing how much heart, how much integrity, how much people of the department were willing to give voluntarily. For more on this story, check out the December edition of the Corrections Connection newsletter or follow the Michigan DOC on medium.com. 
All right, Greg. Well, I am very excited today for uh, a special, I guess, Christmas edition yeah. uh, of the podcast. And we, we have somewhat of a Christmas connection uh, here today. We have uh, Phil Monahan, who is a quartermaster at uh, Cotton uh, down in Jackson. And he's a sort of a jack of all trades and, and a man of many names. Yeah. Uh, he's in, in many inside towns, many ta- yeah, and many, many towns. Many towns. Uh, inside, he's known as uh, Monahan. In the month of December, at uh, different places with the, the children around, he's known as uh, Santa or Saint Nick. Okay. And uh, in the ring, he's known as Nitro, I believe. So it's got a lot of a lot of things here. We're, we're very excited. I, I'm, I'm confused <laughs> and uh, totally engaged right now. I'm, I'm curious what's going what's to happen today. Well, well, Phil, thank you for, for coming on Field Days, and uh, thank you for coming on. And why don't you just, I guess, start telling us a little bit about uh, your time at the DOC, how long you've been with us, and, and all the different jobs you've had uh, with the department. Well, thanks for having me, first off. Uh, I've been in the department for 21 years, started down in Adrian, and then moved up to the regional up here, and then um, SMT and Cotton facility. Started as a storekeeper, was a storekeeper supervisor for a while. I've done the um, acting chaplain uh, a couple different times. Also facilitated bridges and T4C, some of the programming there. So you've done done just about everything, but you also do quite a bit uh, outside of work as well. What, talk about your your, your December work. Uh, I stay fairly busy year-round for the <laughs> most part. Probably been over 10 years doing Santa, not professionally per se, but for like my brother's you know, their kids and stuff. You know, I had the fake beard and the, the outfit, and I'd go over there, right, you know, night before Christmas or whatever. See see my nieces and nephews and stuff, and other people, you know, I've done some for, uh, like, the Special Olympics, and just, you know, with the fake beard and, and all that. So it, I took it to a new level a couple years ago when I grew my beard out and got serious about it, I guess, to the point where I've really invested into being Santa more than just December. I've done a lot of studying on the, I didn't realize that Santa was such a big business. There's a school up in Midland, the Charles W. Howard Santa School, but I've seen in the reviews online and on MLive had a story on it. Um, I joined the Michigan Association of Professional Santas. So, I mean, it's it's huge. Being Santa is a huge gig. Well, yeah, I mean, Chris, let's, let's paint the picture real quick here for our, our listeners. You know, Phil, you have quite the Santa beard right now. You do look like Santa. I mean, you you really do. You have you have you have the the look of Santa. You have the beard year round, or how does that? Do you shave it off? No, the beard stays on year round. It does. Okay. I mean, usually, it's a little darker than this, but when I do something, I don't go half into it. Clearly, you know, yes. When I do it, you know, I bleach the beard, and you know, and then when I'm getting ready to go do my Santa gigs, I've got I've got more hair product in my bathroom than my <laughs> wife has. You know, so. Uh, I wish I could say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah what you do, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> the ladies down at Sally's really hooked me up and showed me what to do, and they've given me so many different products to use and keep my beard healthy while I'm bleaching it. And it looks healthy, yeah. It, it looks it looks very healthy. What? Um, so where do you do where do you do your gigs at? Where, where's the Santa gig happen at? The Santa gigs happen everywhere. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I started my own little thing on the side called Real Santa Visits. I put it on Facebook. Basically that, I get a lot of group homes and, and personal home visits. I don't do like the mall Santa. I mean, not saying that I wouldn't, because I would if I had the time. Um, but this is more of a thing for people to do, to bring Santa to their house or their their party. You know, I do a lot of adult living facilities because sometimes it's hard for them to get out and see Santa. Sure. Usually when you go to a spot to see Santa, there's a big line. So it's, it's a convenience thing and it's an up close and personal thing. I remember one time when I was young, younger, um, my parents had somebody do Santa and all he did was just come on the porch real quick and drop some candy canes off and we were just like, 
I can remember it fresh in my mind. It's one of those memories you have as a kid that you don't forget. So to be able to do make these memories, that's kind of what I like to do is give give kids whether it's with wrestling or whether it's with Santa or whatever else is to make people feel good and do something nice for especially the kids. It's all sure. about the kids. So no, it's definitely appreciated because you know Santa can't be everywhere, and so he has to employ folks like yourself who can go out and on his behalf and do those things. Exactly. You know, so we do have you know for our our. our Children, listeners uh, who are with their parents, maybe that's on the way to work. That's you know? a great point because my kids always ask me, you know, how how are there so many Santas? But you're right, Santa's got help. He yeah. needs help. He's that's right. Can't be everywhere. Not just the elves, you know. Well, you mentioned your your other gig uh, on the side that you also do, which is I think probably consume more of your time, at least probably year round, and as your wrestling side. I want you to talk a bit about that and how that all came to be. I've been a professional wrestler for as long as I've been working with the department. I did have ankle surgery last June, and I was off for a few months, and it really hasn't healed 100%, so I've done like two wrestling matches since then. This is probably why I'm taking Santa a little more seriously, because I'm closer to the end of that deal than the beginning, you know what I mean? Uh, 21 years in the ring and wear and tear. I know a lot of people like to razz me and say it's fake and phony, but I'm here to tell you my medical bills are not fake. They're not phony. I wish they, I wish they were, but right. you know that's another thing as a kid that I just idolized these guys that were larger than life on TV, and my dad took me to WrestleMania three at the Silverdome. Who was the main feature, main attraction of WrestleMania three? Uh, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. Oh, it's Silverdome, yes. So that was such a big build up, and, and to be able to get into part of that storytelling and and to do that, you know, eventually one day and own my own wrestling promotion and to be all part of the creative process. And we had a TV show a couple of years down in Toledo when we joined the NWA, the National Wrestling mm-hmm. Alliance. I'm sure you've heard of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes. We were part of that for a long time. So Yeah, I, I just actually watched the 30 for 30 with Ric Flair, which was uh, very, very good. I'm sure, I'm sure you saw it, too. Pretty eye-opening. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely know. is. So is that what drew you to the sport? I mean, it's just as a child watching this and growing up kind of idolizing and saying, that, you know, I can, I can entertain people like that. Yeah, the drama, the whole drama of it, and the characters were just, you know, and now to be, I've wrestled with all those guys. Really? Who's the most famous person you wrestled with? Boy, it's hard to say. Many? I mean, Mick Foley, I've worked oh, yeah. with him quite a few times. I've met, you know, almost everybody that's anybody in, in professional wrestling, whether in passing or, or whatnot. Ric Flair, Dusty Rose, all those guys, so... Probably one of my highlights. I mean, I wouldn't have the opportunities that I've had. Been to Japan a couple times, you know, to wrestle over there. They, you know, flew me over. I wrestled for Germany, Korea, Hawaii, Alaska, you know, most of the United States. I've never would have got that opportunity if it was for professional wrestling. So those are like my big highlights. And this past summer, I did a couple matches where my ten-year-old son actually took part, tag teamed with me. Oh, nice! And, you know. So did you have an opportunity to actually go into you know like WWE or to wrestle you know on, on TV and big time? And well, when I broke into the wrestling, um, it was like in a transition period from the territorial days of Dick the Bruiser and into the WWF. WCW that was just really starting to heat up. Back then to get you had to know somebody, which I kind of did, but you also would have to send cassette tapes. That would be how you, nowadays guys send YouTube clips and it's a lot easier to manage your professional career. And me and my partner at the time were scheduled to get a tryout with WCW when they sold out to WWE and a whole bunch of people lost their jobs. So that was kind of, I had to reshift my goals and whatnot. So, but I got to Japan and that was one of my, my bucket list of wrestling is pretty much kicked. So I can't complain at all. But what's your, what's your persona in the ring? You're, you go by, is it by Nitro? You already have a couple different names that you use or? Pretty much Nitro. One of my, that's kind of my brand. I've always done like the, the big bad you know, spikes and leather and trash talking, face paint. 
Um, I got to be a part of Demolition, Axe and Smash when they left the WWF, they broke up, and then Axe got a new partner, and I was able to be, you know, his partner, and we did a bunch of shows for about 10 years until then they came back together, and so it was kind of cool to, to, those guys I idolized as kids, so it's like, you know, getting to be the drummer and Kiss, you know what I mean? (laughs) So, so I, I, we'll do some wrestling talk here, so were you the heel? Both. Okay. But I gotta say, most of the time I've been the baby face. Okay, good. For those of you who don't know what that means, can you explain what That's the good guy. Baby face is the good guy. Well, do you think after this is over, you could teach me how to hit Greg with a folding chair? (laughs) That's real easy. (laughs) Real easy. As I run out of the room now, yeah. (laughs) So, I, I, I am curious, like, what, what's your greatest match? Who is it with? What do you remember about it, and why was it the greatest match that you've had over the 21 year? That's career? that's so hard. Is it? I mean, really. I mean, because if you go back to young me, what my greatest match was, and to what me is now, because I'm old and sentimental. <laughs> you know, like my my funnest match was having my kids involved in it. You know, right. that was really fun. Greatest match, boy. I was um, the NWA national champion three times, which was kind of it's part of the history book, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. That was like my one of my highlights. I guess um, I had a deal when I was with the NWA going with a guy named Lou Marconi, and we just traded the belt back and forth a few times. And that was probably the funnest in wrestling because it was just like every day was a fight. Yeah. You know, uh, one of my other ones was going to Japan and wrestling the Barbarian every day, and those were hardcore matches. I loved every minute of it. You never had anybody try to come up and uh, take you on, though? Oh, you know, everybody likes to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Talk's cheap. You know, in terms of what what you like best about being Santa or being a wrestler, is, is there some commonality between between all of them and, and your work in the department? I don't know. Sometimes it's kind of a pretty thankless job. Sometimes being in, behind the walls in there doing you know your job. I will I will say like being part of the the core programming. Sometimes you feel like you know when you can see a prisoner's light bulb go off. You know that's kind of rewarding. It's just like with these kids in, in wrestling. You know you give them somebody to look up to, and if I can be a positive role model to them, because um, with my wrestling. Um, company we've went into schools and done anti-bullying uh drug abuse sexual abuse uh suicide awareness talks and you know usually when i was in school the police would come in and do it which is cool and that's great but sometimes some kids once that authority figure is in front of them they shut it off that's just how it is and that's not anybody's fault but when you got guys that are kind of cool per se i guess is prone these kids are a little bit more prone to listen well you know phil in addition to what you just said you go into schools and you kind of help with some social issues. Um, I know a lot of the stuff you do for charity too, right? Yes. Can you talk about that? We do a lot of fundraisers with groups. Um, we've done for people with cancer. You know, we've done shows for people with cancer. We did one for a disabled veteran. Um, she had a service dog and her dog needed surgery. And, um, and these dogs help so many people. These veterans, more than people know, they just think they're dogs and you know, they're doing a big service for people. So we raised a bunch of money for her. We've had a guy that needed a kidney transplant. We raised uh, money for him. Like we go, I go to schools. If any schools are interested in doing fundraisers, they get a hold of me and we work something out. And you know, those are usually all successful fire departments. You need to stuff for folks in the department too. Right? Yeah, right. yeah. Or for causes that people are associated with. Yeah, I've I've, I've helped out coworkers with um, events. You know, we had a coworker that had a, a daughter that had cancer, and we went and did a big fundraiser for her. So with the wrestling show and. Yeah, it's a lot of feel-good moments. So yeah, you're making a difference. Clearly, you you know what, what you're doing is uh it's fun for you, but 
you're making a difference and you're helping a lot of people out. So it's cool stuff what you're doing. So thank you very much. We appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, it's no problem. It's nothing I have to be thanked for. It's I enjoy doing it. I enjoy mm-hmm. giving. You know, I think it comes down from my grandparents. They used to run the St. Vincent de Paul down in Fayette, Ohio. And since I was little, we were always helping people mm-hmm. and giving, giving and giving and giving. And mm-hmm. second nature, I guess. Well, like you said, you do you know a lot of these different events and visual gigs. You know, visual things don't really work on a podcast. No. But uh, I want to show you this and see if you remember uh, this. Yeah. That was, uh, you're looking at a, at a flyer from 2002 in Adrian. Yep. I think that's you there on the uh, on the title card. Yeah, and well, that, that's great. That was an event that you uh, organized with yep. me. For Real Life for Life. With the co-host here. Do you remember doing it with him? So I was, really? at, I was at the Telegram when they did a story about you and your group out of that storefront in Hudson. Uh, okay. Many many years yeah, ago, yeah, I had um, a training center there. Yeah, and then uh, my best friend Brandon uh, passed away to cancer, and he was a big. That was through the Relay for Life thing. Yeah, yeah. And so the next year we had a Relay for Life team, Brandon's Relay Wrestling Federation, Brandon's RWF. That was our Relay for Life team name, and I knew that you were around, and so I gave you a call and you set it up, and yeah. we put that together, and you were yep, you I and your crew were great. Totally now. You yes. had a Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, you know what? Like. And he passed away even colder. He just passed away last year. Really? From leukemia. Wow. Oh, yeah. Um, small world, Chris Gallops. It's a small yeah. world, man. Yeah, well, I've yeah. been hit in the head so many times, I don't remember it. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things. Well, you know, that was a perfect example of what the kind of stuff you're doing now, and that was a big a big thing for us. You you know, helped raise a lot of money for, for the team and for, for cancer research, and you know, I really appreciate it, and I know Brandon's family really did. So thank you for, for doing that. Oh, no all, problem. All, all that's the that's you've awesome. Since that's then. been, man. Thankfully, my basement is full with old stuff that I was able to find that. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Out. Not only a podcast nerd, but a real nerd. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. And I've got a picture of a 21-year-old 20, me or 22-year-old me with the Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'll we'll have to post that on Twitter so people yes, can see that would be, from that event. Even that colder Mike Austin. Yeah, he was <laughs> a good colder. guy. He was a good guy. Boy, I don't even remember who he wrestled on that show now. <laughs> wow. Well, see, it doesn't even matter. You made, it, you made an impression, and you, you helped, well, you helped out a lot of people. I'm so. glad. Now, that yeah, that's awesome, happy. man. That yeah. makes me happy. Wow. Small world. Well, Chris? Oh, Chris is just showing me right now. Wow, that really does look like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, and, yeah. and you look like you're, I don't know. I look, I look like, like me, but with a lot more hair. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Phil, I, you know, I can't thank you enough for coming out today. Um, you know, not only what you do with the department and, you know, you, you talked about the classes you run and the things you do, but outside of the department, it's uh, pretty impressive to see what you're doing for a lot of people in the communities, not even where you live, all, all across the state. Um, and wrestling all across the country. So, you know, thank you for everything that you do for us, for the community, for children, for people in general. Well, I appreciate um, that. And thanks for coming up the old days. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. All right. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC as well as the FOA account at MDOCFOA and the CFA account at MDOCCFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.